0: Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music
1: City. Now, here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City! Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. I'm going to be joined shortly in this interview with Jen Ichikawa as we talk to the fine folks from Tootsie Lou's Tacos. And they're the nicest people, I'm telling you. They are transplants from California and Austin, Texas. We just spoke with Tyler Cobble last week, and he is the guy, the mind behind the wash. And Tootsie Lou's Tacos is going into the wash And so many things happen to make this kind of a perfect scenario for them. And I can't wait for you to hear in this interview all about that. But first, I want to tell you that we are going to bring back the Music City Roundup. Yes, it is coming back, and it is hopefully going to happen this week. So stay tuned. Don't know if it's going to be live yet. We're putting together all of the segments right now. We are going to have a pop-up segment We're going to have a local legend segment, a what's new segment. We're going to have an African-American owned segment. We're going to have so many fun segments for you. So if you want to know what is happening in the Nashville food scene, this is going to be the show for you. We're going to do it biweekly. So every other week we'll have a new episode of the roundup and we're going to have a top 10 on the music city hot list at the end of every show. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to go on brand right now with Jordan Williams. Let's see if we can catch up with him. Real quick. Hey, there he is. Jordan Williams, WEC Nashville. What's going on, brother? Hey, Brandon. How you doing? Thanks for having me on again. Uh, absolutely. So first of all, thank you. Um, you guys are amazing. Um, both of my restaurants, you guys are in there doing your thing. We appreciate it so much. You guys are so good. You just you, you come in, you do your thing, and you're out. You give us the, the intel. Uh, you've been a godsend, so thank you. Uh, thank you. Glad we could help you. So I know we talk a lot. Um, you've got some cool stuff on the horizon. What are you working on right now?
0: Yeah, so everybody knows about Mixology, obviously, with what we're doing with uh, Bull and Green Hills Grill for you guys with all the inventory, the ordering, creating menus, training, all that kind of stuff. One thing we're spinning off for the beginning of, January of 2022. And there's more details to come on this soon, I promise. Um, But we've created Neat Beverage Club, which is a private Mm -hmm. buying club um, that allows national buying power for anybody with a liquor license. Uh, It is exclusive. We're capping it at, I believe, about 100 100, uh, members total per year. Um, But like I said, not too much on that right now. Uh, We're just kind of kind of getting the word out there, starting to, to lay the groundwork a little bit. Um, the biggest thing we've really had going on so far is we've created a new division under Williams entertainment and consulting, uh, music city festivals launching in into- Really? Yeah. Um, we've, we've had some great conversations so far with whiskey jam. Um, obviously these guys right here, uh, everybody knows who they are. We've been talking with iHeartRadio to do some sponsorships, uh, along with Warner music Nashville. Um, so some big things, uh, coming to Nashville through music city festivals in 2022. So ear to the ground on that for sure.
1: Man, you guys are blowing up. So what you're saying is, Hey, look, we're doing orders for all these different people. And if I'm a restaurant and I am, that only orders X amount of this type of vodka. Well, we're going to get a hundred restaurants together. And through all of this purchases, gives us massive negotiating power to order everything Much for much cheaper, so to speak, and um, prioritize you with what you wanna buy?
0: Exactly. So we've already started the conversations with the suppliers um, and started running through some ideas with those guys, what they're looking to get. You know, at the end of the day, our goal as a company is to connect suppliers with retailers, whether it's a restaurant, off-premise, and we do that with festivals, with connecting the dots a certain way by having conversations with the supplier directly on behalf of the restaurants, which doesn't happen unless you are, you know, a large chain. Um, I know there's a few here in Nashville that have enough power to kind of, kind of support that, um, but unless you're a national chain like a, 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 you know, you serve a lot of wings. I know I use these guys all the time, but. You know, you've got 2,500 locations with liquor license. You can go to the big guys and say, Hey, I want a couple bucks off a bottle to run a feature. Well, we're giving the independent guys here in Nashville and in some other areas of the country, actually, the opportunity to have that same price structure built in because it's a collective at that point.
1: Wow. I'm telling you, man, you're like, it seems like everything you're doing is just leading into the next big thing. And I'm glad I know you now.
0: <laughs> right. our, our whole philosophy here in our office is that, you know, we've been in the beverage industry for a long time. I grew up in it. We all know that. And I feel like the beverage industry got a little got a little buttoned up. You're got to wear a shirt and tie to work anymore. We just want to have fun. You know, let people have fun, do the right thing, bring the joy back to this industry a little bit. Um, and then that's what we're doing. What is the back? You have a whiteboard behind you. What does that say? Innovative uh, (laughs) Beverage Helping the the Little Guys. I love that. Yeah, Innovative Beverage Helping the Little Guys. Hell yeah. That's our motto. Well, I I know you just did a big interview with iHeartRadio recently too, didn't you? I did about a week ago. um, We were lucky enough to be asked on the CEOs to know um, a feature with iHeartRadio. You can check out some of the guys who have been interviewed in the past on their website and uh, we should be we should be live, uh, I believe in early October when they're done with all the editing and stuff, but we'll be airing over five different radio stations, um, two different days, so just getting our word out.
1: Man, that's awesome. You guys are doing fantastic things. Thank you so much for everything you do, and thank you for coming on today to go on brand and tell us just a little, we're gonna, everybody stay tuned because there's gonna be, that was a teaser. When you get more details and you can let everybody know
0: you'll do it here. For sure. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it so much. All right, Jordan. All right. Talk soon. Thanks.
1: Big thanks to Jordan for stopping by and let's jump in right now with our friends from Tootsie lose All right. Super excited today to be joined with Drew, Jeremy, and Megan from Tootsie Lose Tacos. What's going on, guys? Hey.
2: Hey. Thanks for having us.
1: I- I'm so excited. This is Three people at one time and one screen. So, I love it. And we have we have a little pup there. Who who's hanging out with us,
3: sleeping next to you? Oh, this is the this is our CDC, our, our <laughs> uh, Tootsie Lou, the namesake of the restaurant.
1: So we've got Jeremy, Drew, Megan, and Tootsie Lou too. This is awesome. The whole crew. She's gonna sleep through most of this. I yeah, it's okay. That's all good. Yeah. I'm not going to ask her any questions. Yeah. So Jeremy, I met you over at uh, the bacon barn at uh, Gifford's bacon. And you said, Hey, we've got this new pop up. It's a new restaurant. We're going into the wash. And I, yes, that's awesome. Tootsie tacos. That sounds fantastic, but I wasn't really sure what the wash was. And then I had Tyler cobble on the show and now I'm like freaking super excited for The Wash. I know exactly who you guys are. It's so. Just, thanks again for being on the show. This is great. So you're from Texas. Let's get your background story on each one of you so we can g- come full circle. Drew, we'll start with you.
2: Sure. Uh, I grew up in Central Virginia. Um, and I started cooking when I was about 16 years old. Uh, just kind of doing country club stuff out in, out in the countryside in Virginia, and uh, was kind of putting myself through school uh, at the same time uh, for, for music. And um, by the end of all of it, I was kind of taken away by how much better I was at cooking than I was at music. <laughs> um, so I decided to kind of pivot into that direction, and I moved to Austin to go to culinary school. Um which full circle was the same culinary school that Jeremy went to. Um, and
1: what was the country. culinary school you went to?
2: Uh, La Cordon Bleu uh, in Austin, uh, Texas. And so, yeah, got into the Austin food scene, uh, met a lot of chefs there, like kind of fell in love with the city and the culture of, of Austin. It's a great place. Um, so I kind of stayed there for a long time. Um and I kind of kind of climbed the ladder pretty quickly. Uh, the first place I worked at after school was a place called Paget House, and uh, I started as Garmin j or like salad person, fresh out of culinary school. And by the end of working there for four years, I was the head chef. Um, so I kind of took that upon myself that I needed to learn more and do more. I didn't feel like that was appropriate to be at such a young age and. To be running a restaurant, so uh, I moved to Chicago, uh, and I did kind of a stretch of just trying to work in as many kitchens as I could get into. Um, tried to get into the, the Michelin star restaurant circuit while I was living there. Um, I had some great experiences. Um, I worked at I worked at Grace with Curtis Duffy. Um, I worked at True. I staged a Moto, I staged a Linea. I just kind of bounced around and tried to find a home. Um, wow. And then I ended up, at, I found that home with uh, Chef Ryan McCaskey at a place called Acadia. Um, and I worked there for over a year, um, fell in love with his view of, of cooking and view of restaurants, and just had a, a really really great experience in his restaurant. And then um, at that point, I decided to move back to Austin. uh, And I opened up my own place with some friends called Nightcap. And uh, I was the head chef operator for about three years um, and really found my style and my voice in my own cuisine and did a lot of food there I was very proud of. Um, But by the end of it, I was kind of burning myself out. I was doing everything. I was as well the pastry chef as the head chef. So I was covering a lot of bases and was just too ambitious for my own good. (laughs) And so definitely burned myself out. And then that's when I moved to a group called ramen Tatsuya. And I was kind of a, kind of a corporate position. I was, did a lot of R and D did a lot of recipe and restaurant development for them. And that's where I met Jeremy. He was also working for them at the time. Uh, as the culinary director. Um, and so we kind of instantly hit it off and clicked and found out we had a lot of the same philosophies about food and life. And, um, we opened a concept together that was a Domo Aligato it was like a Japanese curry food trailer. Um, and that's where we really connected and kind of figured out that we were exactly, had a very similar uh, career path. That's when we figured out we both went to the same culinary school and it, it got even deeper. We lived in the same apartment complex and didn't know <laughs> each other. And like just all these, we knew all the same people we were kind of blown away that we had both worked mm-hmm. in the same industry and in the same city for so long and never met. Um,
1: and, yeah. It's uh, funny. I had, I had like a very similar story with Ryan Pruitt, the guy that owns the frothy monkey. He was on the show, and we we're like, "Wow, we're the same age, man! Oh, we went to the same high school, and then <laughs> yeah. we found out we both got married the same weekend, like 16 yeah. years ago. We both have two boys that are the exact same age." I'm like, wow. "We have like 125 yeah. Facebook friends." I'm like, this is this is a little weird that we don't like totally know each other already, and that we're both meeting in our 40s. Yeah, uh, a lot of crazy things going on. I don't want to cut you off, but there's oh, you said good. that you had the opportunity to run a restaurant at a very young age. How old were you?
2: I was 24,
1: 24. And you decided I'm too young for this. This is too much for me. What, how does like most people that are 24 think that they're invincible and can completely bench press a million pounds and run the world. Somebody gives you the opportunity to run your own place. You're usually like, hell yeah, I can do this. What, What comes inside of you to say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I've got to go stage at these places. I want to work under people. I need to develop myself. How does that happen?
2: Well, part of like doing a lot of my own research, you know, studying a lot of other chefs and that was the advice that I think a lot of older chefs have given me is like, just expand your horizons, learn as much as you can see as much as you can and then kind of pick and choose what speaks to you. And so I just felt like I hadn't had that exposure yet. Um, And I was looking up to a lot of these chefs at the time, especially in Chicago. Um, The the food scene was booming uh, a few years back there with a lot of this molecular gastronomy stuff and a lot of these new ideas about food. And I wasn't seeing that in a lot of other places. And so it just called to me. I was like, I want to be a part of this. I want to see how they're accomplishing this food and running these restaurants. You know, how, how does one make? a successful three-star Michelin restaurant. How does it make money? How does it work? Um, so it was a little bit more than just beyond food and techniques.
1: Um, that's one of the most mature things I've heard anybody ever say. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, nobody Um, at 24 has the wherewithal to say, I'm going to listen to people who have been there and done that. And I'm going to pass up on the, the opportunity right now to have my own thing to really hone in my culinary skills and, learn my perspectives of other people so that i can be more well-rounded like damn man
3: well (laughs) thank you um (laughs) um. yeah it's definitely a rare outlook you know and it's Mm -hmm. i feel like that's where a lot of culinary professionals go astray and have kind of lackluster careers or maybe don't achieve all the goals that they want is they decide too early that they're fully formed and that they've arrived and they have something to say with their food And they might be missing leadership skills, which, you know, the moment that you're a head chef, you realize like, I'm not just this artist in a corner, I'm a team leader, and a babysitter and a therapist and a mentor and all of these things. So if you don't have all of these fringe skills, it's like, you're going to stumble and fall really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's something that, you know, when I met Drew, it's like, we connected immediately on that basis where it's like, The moment you think you're fully formed, you're probably going to start putting out some pretty mediocre food. You know, you got to keep on learning, keep on growing, challenge yourself and get all of those fringe skills. And, you know, with Tootsie Lose, it was like we all came together and finally came to a place where we were like, we think we have the business. You know, of course, there's still a bunch of like stress and trepidation. And, you know, you're so nervous to put yourself out there. But we finally got to a place where it's like, okay, let's try. You know, yeah. I think I think we might have some of these pieces. So
4: so how did y'all end up in Nashville?
3: Yeah, so Nashville uh actually has kind of uh we have a deep uh affection for Nashville that me that, too. Yeah we're <laughs> here, <laughs> we're on the Nashville restaurant radio, right? Um yeah, it, it was kind of serendipitous, honestly. Um my wife Megan is originally from Texas, San Antonio. Uh, and then spent years, over a decade in Austin. And uh, she had actually, before we met, uh, she had actually planned to move to Nashville, uh, sight unseen, just kind of attracted by the music culture and, and all of that. And, um, and I had come to Nashville in 2015, yeah, yeah. Uh, to actually cook, um, you know, I was working for the Ramen Tatia group in Austin and uh, we came out here to cook at the Slurp XL Fest, which was Sarah Gavigan Otaku uh, ramen. Nice. Yeah. He threw a ramen festival, invited us to come out and cook ramen from Austin. So that was kind of my first culinary focused trip to Nashville. And Sarah, huge shout out to the Gavigans. Uh, Sarah was such a great hostess and she took us around to all the spots and, you know, we ate at Husk and we ate at Pegleg, Leg and we ate at, Arnold's and we went to the whole gauntlet. She took us to Dino's and got us drunk. We <laughs> went to the tree house and like all of these things. She and took you to the right places, man. Yeah. yeah. Great, man. And that was my, such a positive experience, uh, not just with the people and the culture and the music, but with the food. Um, and so I already had this affection for Nashville. And in 2020, you know, the pandemic's hitting and we felt like it was time for a change as a lot of people did. Uh, in the restaurant industry and drew was looking for something a little bit closer proximity to his family in Virginia and Megan was ready to get out of Texas heat and try living someplace with seasons hey. uh, and she had Nashville Nashville <laughs> Nashville yeah. Brandon, and I you know the name kind of just came up and we were all kind of like yeah we all love Nashville like yeah well, let's give so it a go
4: have you guys seen the video Brandon I'm sure you've seen it where' oh, it's it's like nashville's full move to austin and it's this whole thing <laughs> no
5: i haven't <laughs> seen that before.
4: i mean sister
3: cities right it's it. we always yeah. joke that you know and i think portlandia like rift off of this where oh, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people in the same age bracket with the same interests and tastes like we all love music we all love food we all love art we love all this culture there's like five cities that we're all fighting over um <laughs> them, you know yeah we definitely, uh i think know and respect this city enough we're still trying to learn and go out and eat and meet all these people. But we really want to come and contribute to that uh, really healthy culture that you guys already have happening here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really important to us as Tootsie Loos to just come and respect the community, get to know everybody and actually play a part of in it. And I feel like that's kind of the, it's a, it's a very delicate thread to walk on. Um, You know, you don't want to be, the outsider that comes in and tries to change, you know, don't Austin my Nashville or or whatever. Like, we don't want to come in and make this into the place we just came from. We came here to because we like this place, you know. So uh, it's a funny thing being here, but we love it so far. Yeah, we're we're having a great time.
1: So Drew, Drew we got to hear your story, and now Jeremy and Megan. I love a good love story. Aww. I do. I love it when we have so couples.
5: So <laughs> yeah. that? We met at a bar. Yeah, we met the good old fashioned. <laughs> oh,
1: it's so romantic. It wasn't online?
5: No, no, we didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take it away.
3: Let's I mean, t- let's
1: I tell, tell your story. I want to hear your love story. Come on.
3: I feel like we have a great love story in that, you know, we were both I was working in kitchens. I had a really unhealthy lifestyle, you know, as a lot of chefs did coming up. <laughs> yeah. 80, 100, 120-hour weeks and living and breathing the restaurant and not really having enough space for anything else in my life. And a lot of failed relationships because of that, because I wasn't willing to give up my career to you know, spend time with anyone else. Um, and because of this kind of string of failed relationships, Megan, little did I know, was kind of going through a similar thing in her life where she was just burning herself out on, on these relationships that were failing. And we had both honestly, not to start off really bleak, but mm-hmm. we had both honestly kind of given up on dating for a while. We were both in a place where we were like, you know, we're going to focus on career, on our happiness, on our friends. Um, and so we actually started going to this bar.
5: The Hideout in Austin, Shout Texas. Shout out to the Hideout Pub. Yeah. Uh,
3: so there's,
1: I was going to say, when I last time I was in Austin, we went to a bar that was inside of a parking garage. Oh, it's called the Garage Bar. Oh. And, it was. There's, you like walked into the parking garage and like in the corner, was like, oh, there's a little door, and you just walk in. It was like this whole really cool bar. Did you guys? Do you know anything about that place?
3: No. I, I think I've heard the name. I, that's I've never been there.
1: It was a speakeasy. It was hidden. I was, I a, a cocktail forward
3: concept, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of it. That's uh, cool. Some of the bartenders I knew in Austin always talked about it.
1: I got lucky to like. We were at a bar. Some Mex- some new Mexican restaurant. It's a very fine dining Mexican downtown. Yeah, I remember the name of it because it's that good. And um, they told us that you should go to the garage bar. It's just right there. And I'm like, we walked by this garage like four times. And I go, maybe it's in the parking garage. We walked into the parking garage. I'm like, it's right over there. There's a bar in here. It was crazy. Anyway, you guys were hanging out at this bar. And you weren't looking for love. Because that's, by the way, if you're out there
3: looking for love,
1: stop looking for love. It'll find
3: you. <laughs> yeah. Focus Honestly, on yourself,
5: that's, that's focus on it, your
3: joy, your personal yeah. joy, yeah, your career. Um, yeah, we, we we started going to this bar because we had, turns out we had a very strong core of friends that we shared, and we had never met each other. Kind of similar to how Drew and I met. It's like we knew all the same people. So I was going to hang out with my friends, who were also Megan's friends, and we were going to this same, same bar for forever, and one night just kind of started talking to each other. And I, th- I feel like the first impressions were great because I was not interested in dating and I was like very confident and secure in myself and happy in what I was doing and Megan kind of the same. And, you know, when you're in that place where you're just healthy and happy and nurtured, it's just your rate of success goes up, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of that where we just clicked immediately and, you know, found out that we had the same taste in music and, a lot of similar life ambitions and, you know, really similar to how I met Drew too. It's just like, it felt really organic. We all kind of like fell into the same paces and valued the same things ethically and had the same vision of food in the world. And, and uh, yeah, right yeah, in 2020, March, 2020. Oh, you guys got married in March,
1: 2020?
5: Yeah. Literally March 7th. So a week before Austin shut down before wow. Saturday yeah. and everything was canceled, it was crazy. Of course it was, you know, I was wedding brain, so I had no idea what COVID was. And then afterwards I was like, oh dang, okay, let's shut it all down, I guess. So it did you ever pretty- honeymoon? No. Two
3: <laughs> so weeks on yeah. yeah, one day, <laughs> one day,
5: ago. yeah.
1: I love it. Well, it's funny because I didn't think about this because I celebrate my 16 year wedding anniversary on the 16th of September like
3: Congratulations. two
1: weeks thank you so much but just the idea of looking for somebody or wanting to find a mate like you're in a different mode but like when you're not looking for somebody and you're in your most authentic self i'm comfortable with who i am i'm loving life where i'm at right now i think when you meet somebody in that regards like you're both getting two authentic versions of yourself and i think you can find really good matches i didn't even think about this but like that's pretty cool i totally see that
3: yeah sure How
1: did you you propose? We're going to hear all about their proposal story right after a message from our sponsors. When talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges, never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven-day delivery? Access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life and allowing you fresher product. 24/7 customer support. Call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Uh, they take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. They have a very they have very diverse product lines, so their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online they truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Supersource is the answer to your dish machine and chemical needs in your restaurant. They've got zero minimums and zero contracts, so they have to earn your business every single week. Zero minimums. 0 They're not going to make you sign a five-year contract, even if you lease the dish machine from them. It's amazing. Jason Ellis is a hardworking man, and he is here to help save you money. Increase the cleanliness of your dishes and provide the best service in Nashville. So check them out. Go to our website at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab. Find the link for SuperSource. And if you sign up there, you will get three free months of dish machine rentals right now. You can also check them out at Supersource.com. Or you can call Jason Ellis directly at 770-337-1143. Okay, so here's the thing. It's impossible to find a linen company who you can trust, who you like, who uh, you'd recommend. And if you're at a restaurant right now and you're looking for that company, you're unhappy with who you're currently using and you wanna start sourcing out but you're waiting for recommendations, right now is your lucky day. Cytex is a third generation, family owned and operated linen, mats, and uniform company. They really are the good guys in the linen business. They're transparent with their pricing, they have incredible quality, and their service is second to none. Check them out at cytex-corp.com or give Ross Chandler a call at
3: 270-823-2468. How did you propose? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, so music, music is kind of a, a continuing thread through all of this, as you can kind of tell. Drew went to school for music. We initially bonded over this, you know, loving the same band's. What band? Oh. over the same having the same music like i remember early on in our dating she was like scrolling through my itunes library like what and this band I was like, and i'm yeah, gonna marry this guy <laughs> i'm gonna marry this guy and we did the show comparison where it was like do you remember this tour yeah she was at the san antonio date and i was at the california date and you know drew was at the virginia date we all <laughs> went to the same tour the same year but just didn't know each other in different states and what band was that so uh bayside is uh Anthony uh, from Bayside. We're actually old like
5: pop punk emo kids yeah, at heart. We're punk so. and
3: metal and hardcore and yeah. And all of that. And um, so this, uh, this pop punk band Bayside was like a huge part. Uh, Megan yeah. and I have matching tattoos of the band and uh, they were just like really formative to both of us independently and then Together.
0: actually became
3: formative to us in our relationship. And uh, so I proposed at a Bayside show in Austin um, at a, since defunct uh, music venue, Barracuda, yeah. Mm.
4: Did you know it was coming, Megan? Or were you surprised?
5: So funny story, uh, he like, we had talked about never getting married. You know, we were like, we don't need that. We don't need like a piece of paper to prove our love or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one day uh, we had met a couple friends that uh, one of his old friends was in town and we met them at a bar and had some drinks and I met them for the first time. When we were leaving he was just like so we're gonna invite them to our wedding right and i was just like what you're kidding no and then little did i know he had like while i was sleeping like measured my finger got- <laughs> <laughs> what so i knew he wanted to and sneaky, i was like okay sneaky. yeah let's do this um, move. but so there's a band called smoking popes and they have a song called megan and we had seen the Smoking Popes at a venue in Austin called Hotel Vegas. And it was very intimate and it was awesome. They played the song, Megan. When we were leaving, I was just like, missed opportunity, you could have proposed to me then. Um, and then fast forward to the Bayside Acoustic show, little did I know he had like requested them to play that song. Uh, they do a cover of the Smoking Popes uh, song. And when, it, when they played it, I looked at him, and I was just like, oh, you could have proposed tonight and he did like and I was 20 like, minutes later yeah
3: totally i had like the ring in my pocket and i was sweating bullets yeah. just like oh yeah. i that would have been crazy i'm an asshole
5: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was wonderful it was perfect that's awesome,
1: awesome. yeah i love that drew are you, are you a single dude what's your story
2: uh, no i have a girlfriend she lives in chicago Um, She recently moved.
5: Shout out uh, to Claudia. Shout
2: out to Claudia.
1: Uh, (laughs) Hi, Claudia.
2: (laughs) She moved last August to go back to school, um, University of Chicago. So uh, we met in Austin um, January of last year. Um, And yeah, so we I just got back from Chicago uh, about two days ago. So we we try to see each other once a month and kind of jumping back and forth between here and there. So it's been going great, actually. Um, I never thought I'd be into like kind of a long distance relationship, but it's been the best one I've had so far. So,
1: I love it. Yeah. So we got a little bit of background. We know uh, Drew's background. You have a background in culinary, Jeremy. Are you? Are you? What's your culinary background, Megan? Are you full into food? Or are you? What's your so story?
5: I can't cook to save my life, but. Okay. Um, I did, you know, my first couple jobs, I worked in the restaurant industry, like front of house for about 10 years at different restaurants in Austin, um, like as a young, young person. Um, after when I was about 21, I moved into like corporate America. I was in like IT. I have a lot of administrative customer service roles. Um, so my title is director of ops, which means I do everything other than cook.
3: That's me. That's my title, too. (laughs) Megan's the one that pushes the business forward when Drew and I are nerding out about some specific (laughs) ingredient and a fermentation method. And Megan will just be like, guys.
5: Yeah. So accounting. We get to. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Jen Jen does that to me
1: all the time, by the way.
5: Yeah.
1: She'll go, Brandon, farmer's market. Let's go. (laughs) That's like an actual thing that we talked about like last night. Um,
3: Yeah. So how did the...
1: Ideation. How does this happen? Are you guys all sitting around having a cocktail one day and you're like, hey, let's do a taco thing. Or is this what we've been talking about for a long time? Whose idea was it? Tell us the, how this uh, how this was birthed.
3: Yeah. So this I mean, it was, I feel like Tootsie Lou's was entirely born out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if, if COVID hadn't happened, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation. Um, it just changed a lot of our perspective and on what food could be or should be on working conditions in restaurants, on what we three personally wanted for our lives. Um, and full credit to Drew for having the idea uh, for the taco, the taco concepts. Um, but it was definitely the, the byproduct of a lot of really long conversations uh, throughout 2020 um, we were, uh, Drew was our roommate. Um, Megan and I have a house in Austin. Drew was living there. So every night we would come home from work and we would just sit in the backyard and drink beers and kind of just commiserate together about, you know, COVID, the state of the world, the state of the restaurant industry. I mean, y'all know restaurants were a pod art. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole, the whole restaurant industry was kind of on its head and it was causing us to think a lot about what we wanted and, what would make us happy and what would make us fulfilled as chefs and, you know, what, what food, what cuisine, what concept we could do, because, you know, honestly, in some of the darkest moments of the pandemic, we were talking about career change. are mm-hmm. we like, you know, should we even do this? What is the path forward? You know, what does it look like for us to be successful in food? Um, with COVID being this like huge dark cloud looming over the the whole restaurant industry and. Was there you know, a tipping yeah, point? I feel like the so the tacos came up really organically. You know, we um, obviously living in Texas, and then I'm from Southern California originally, and that they have a great, amazing taco scene, and um, all of these. It was kind of like crazy that we never thought to cook with these flavors, knowing how deeply we loved the flavors. And it was like every day off we were eating tacos. We were seeking it out. We were you know, making reservations at some of the best Mexican restaurants in Austin. And we were, uh, during the pandemic, we were stuck at the house and we started cooking tacos together at home just because we loved it that much. And for whatever reason, we were still thinking like, oh, we're going to, the next job will be a fine dining Mm -hmm. restaurant. It'll be a Japanese something. It'll be new American. Um, And we never thought about tacos, even though we were cooking them on our off days, we were eating them all the time. And uh, I think that was kind of the the tipping point was just like.
5: Drew started making fresh tortillas and then he got like, he like dove hard into tacos for dinner at home during COVID, um, which I wasn't mad about. And yeah, we just started talking about what if, like these are good. Like what if we do our own thing? And like.
4: It sounds like the plot of Chef, you know, that movie with. Um-
5: yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, and I I viewed it more of like, How do we change the industry so that like chefs are in control again you know Mm -hmm. we're kind of taking the power back like instead of having to pull investors to get you know these million dollar restaurants and and all this pay all the people that you need to hire from front of house to back of house to dishwashers like how can we take it back to like almost cutting the middleman out you know where it's just us serving a product that we're proud of directly to the world and i feel i felt that it would be more fulfilling that way too because it's like direct face-to-face, you know, um, interaction with the chef and the people that are passionate about it. You know, there's not all these layers built in between. Um, so I kind of viewed it as like, maybe this is our chance to change the industry. Because we see you see that all over the country that chefs, you know, since COVID hit, they're doing these pop-ups. They've pivoted their cuisine from like, oh, I do this like crazy fine dining food to like, now I just sell like cheeseburgers. You know, mm-hmm. But they're amazing. John
1: Brock, Joyland.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you, we kind of started to see these little glimpses of light through the darkness of like, oh, maybe this is the direction that could change the scene and like make it more enticing for chefs to get involved with their own businesses and their own concepts. Um, and then we found the wash, and it was just perfect, you know, because that's that's their kind of goal as well. We thought I could align with them uh, a lot,
1: so we went for it. Okay. Have you got to meet the other people that are going to be in the wash? Have you met like Chad and Gracie? And oh, you, you were there, Jeremy, the, at the thing with Chad and Gracie. Oh, yeah. Two Peruvian chefs, all those guys. Have you met everybody?
5: Yeah. We've met uh, – so Chad and Gracie, uh, we've met the Soy Cubano folks. Um, we have yet to meet two Peruvian chefs and Poke. Um, yeah.
3: The Pokey. The yeah. Pokey. But we're excited. I mean, the wash is going to be kind of a dream for us because – it's all very small focused concepts mm-hmm. it's it's a diverse spread of food and yeah. just, being able to have these next door neighbors that are doing their own thing but in a completely different part of the world so, you know, culinarily is just it's a dream for a cook you know and we're going to be eating really well yeah <laughs> yeah no kidding exciting <laughs> but yeah we're excited about the wash um can't wait to serve the rest of uh, East Nashville that we haven't hit with our pop-ups yet. Uh, but it's going to be a really fun concept. and I think it's going to be a really cool thing for the community to kind of rally behind and uh, taste some diversity and support some really, really small organic pop-ups and startups, um, you know, that are just doing food that they love. I think we're, that's the, yeah, we're
4: super excited about it. I was at some dinner party, a couple nights ago and they were like so what's coming up on the food scene and I always feel like whenever somebody asks that I'm always like well I don't know you well enough to know what you're looking for right cuz some people come here and they want the fine dining or they want the steakhouse and like my husband and I own a restaurant and it's fast casual so some people want that and I was so I just talked about the wash I was like here you go go here it's gonna be incredible and there's all these different options <laughs> like I'm so,
3: we're so excited about it. Yeah. yeah we are too very pumped when is it
5: gonna open um last i think we're at we're at november now nice. November-ish. um you know how it is permitting delays and stuff i'm sure tyler covered all of that um, yeah,
1: i mean kind of we didn't get into i just knew it was coming and in the meantime you've been doing pop-ups variously around the city your next one is going to be september the 5th
5: yep sunday oh, so yeah so we'll be at um, shops at Porter East. We live in East Nashville. Obviously the wash will be in East Nashville. Um so yeah, uh Ranger Stitch, Matt from Ranger Stitch invited us to do this. Um and you know, in the pop-up scene, we've made other friends like Bad Luck Burger Club. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're killing it right now. Uh they're popping up Sunday as well. There's gonna the Oscar Meyer Wiener truck's gonna be there. It's gonna be what? a, <laughs>
1: yeah. a wiener mobile? Uh, oh, now I'm in. <laughs>
5: yeah, it's going to be super fun. So, yeah, we've just been having a blast, honestly. Like, it's been really nice to kind of like meet people and um, get to know the community. We did a pop up at uh, Daisy May Hatco with the wash crew uh, a few weeks back, and neighbors, like, where we will be cooking, and neighbors in the community just walk by because they smelled good food, you know? Um, and we've just heard a lot of good things. Everyone's been really lovely. So, we're having fun We're, you know, I'm glad we have the opportunity to pop up and we're not just like waiting around for the spot to open. Um, like Jeremy said earlier, we didn't want to just like come in here from Texas. Like we know the place and like, you know, here's our tacos. You know, we wanted to like get to know people and kind of vibe out what they wanted as well. So well,
4: moving here and opening a re- like moving here during a pandemic is gotta be lonely and then you're opening a restaurant, which means you're working insane hours and that's gotta be lonely. Have you had chances to like experience the city at all? Have you made friends outside of the restaurant industry at all? Or is it all kind of?
5: Yeah, I mean, a we're little, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still very much alive, Yeah, um, but I we are lucky. We do, um one of Jeremy's groomsmen and his wife are our neighbors are so literally just- a few Oh, great. So we got lucky there. His brother also moved from L.A. to Nashville like a week after we did. Um, we've Our neighbors are lovely. We've met a lot of them. Drew uh, Drew's currently working at Butcher and the Bee part-time, mm-hmm. and he's made a lot of friends, which means we've made a lot of friends. So we're trying, you know, the best you can with the yeah. schedule and the pandemic. Um, yeah, everyone's been so lovely so far. Have yeah. you gotten to go out to eat? Yeah. For sure. Not yeah. as much as we want. We have like a giant list, but... We're we've we've been to some really good places. Yeah.
4: Where's your favorite so far? Because I wonder if you're gonna say the one everyone says. <laughs> well, well, my
5: probably, personal favorite probably. is Eastside Bon Me hands down. Like before because. I even met them, that was like I'm gonna eat this every day.
3: we <laughs> knew that they were gonna be our neighbors in in the wash with the pho concept. We were eating at Eastside Bon Me like twice a week. Yeah, just because it's <laughs> that good. It's incredible. It yeah. is that good. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Um. Restaurant wise, Locust is like one of the most impactful meals that we've had since we've been here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so many good places like uh, Megan and I celebrated our anniversary at City House. Mm -hmm. That place is insane. Um, I had a great meal at Lou. That's like in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And the the only problem with that is it's, it's kind of hard to get in sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I tried Mm -hmm. several times uh, and couldn't get in and, uh, finally, did and had a, had a great meal there. Um, so, but yeah, like they said, the list is staggering. Uh, there's a lot of good food here, and we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we all
3: just ate at folk.
1: folk. Yeah. yeah, that's one that we hear a lot about.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, Philip Kratzick does a great job. Hey, let me ask you a question. We've talked all about this thing. Let's talk about your tacos. Can we talk about the actual food that you got going on here? I mean, talk about the food a little bit. I mean, I want, I want to, I want to introduce you guys to the city, but I gotta know. I mean, anybody can make a taco, right? Tacos are pretty,
3: pretty easy to make. But what makes your tacos special? So I think, I mean, tacos are deceptively simple, and I think that's kind of why we chose them. Coming from a fine dining background, where we're used to bells and whistles and steps of service, and 15 components on a dish and all of these things looking at a taco where it's like three things or four things um is a is really a challenge for a chef you know it's it's you can't hide behind anything you can't dazzle people with technique or um you know like i said piling components on top of things where it's uh you can kind of misdirect the guest a little bit and and make the value of it seem higher than it is. It's just, it is what it is. Everybody knows what a taco is. Everybody has a reference point for it already. They're supposed to be affordable. They're supposed to be street food. Um, so choosing a cuisine that's this simple forces us to execute everything perfectly, to really be thoughtful about how it eats, texture, flavor, building all of this complexity into a bite that is essentially, you know, a really great tortilla as the foundation of the taco, a really great protein, and then onion, cilantro, lime, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, we're not trying to overcomplicate what is already like an age old perfect food. We're just trying to do it the best that we can. So, you know, tortilla wise, we're going to be you know, grinding our own corn, we're getting our corn from Oaxaca, and um, trying to pay our homage and our tribute to Mexico in that way. Um, but we'll be nixtamalizing it in house and grinding it in house and making fresh tortillas every day throughout the day. Wow. Like, you know, kind of trying to, one of on Bambi's strengths is baking those baguettes throughout service so that you always get something fresh. And, you know, we're, we're doing the same thing with tortillas and um, really just trying to Execute everything as perfectly as we can because there's nothing to hide behind. It's you have to just make the simple thing as as best as you can. So that's kind of the name of the game with it's eludes. Yeah, and I think that what also is
2: kind of separating us is our backgrounds. You know, we have all this experience with ingredients and and different techniques and all these things, and we get to apply that to this. You know, not all of it sticks, not all of it lands, like Jeremy was saying, but um, one thing that's super important for all of us is using local food and using farm food, you know, things that uh, we feel very strongly about. We get a great way to, to provide that service. You know, we get to kind of work with the farmers here and uh, hold up Nashville's produce. I mean, the produce here is incredible. Um, so it's good. outstanding. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited to have that as our our foot forward, you know, we're we're using local uh, ingredients as much as possible. I love it. And then our flavor profiles are well. We're trying to stay very traditional uh, in Mexican cuisine. We're not trying to do uh, Americanized or Tex-Mex kind of flavor profiles. We're going for the real deal of authentic kind of flavors. So.
1: So have you guys gone to Bastion on Sundays? Have you met Edgar Victoria Alabrije? <coughs>
3: No, Edgar, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's one of the other great things about moving to Nashville now is we immediately connected with these guys who have been here doing the work already. And, you know, shout out to Edgar from Alibrije, um Julio at Maíz de la Vida, these guys that have really started to already push the envelope with what showing Nashville, what Mexican food can be and should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really excited to join them um, and they've been so friendly to us and so welcoming. Um,
1: you couldn't and- have nicer guys. you guys yeah. would fit right in. Like <laughs> yeah. the nice people yeah. in the world.
3: I'll say that about the the Nashville
2: food industry as a whole. Everyone has been like open arms like they want they want us you yeah. know which is kind of bizarre from what we're used to yeah. you know in in the food industry it can be very cold shoulder and it can take a lot of networking and work to get to know and meet people and hear, it was just come on in, you know, the, the water's fine kind of scenario. So, um, everyone has been super, super excited about us and just kind of a lot of people hadn't even tried our food yet. (laughs) And they're, they're like excited for us to come and want us to come. So we couldn't be luckier to have landed that year. Um, it's a really special thing that Nashville has, I think.
4: It is. It's very much like this city. And I remember I, I, worked under a chef that came from Alinea and um, not Josh Habiger. I love Josh Habiger, but different chef from Alinea who was basically only here for like a year and the restaurant ended up closing. Cause he just truthfully wasn't nice. And it's like, you can't not be nice here. Like you have to be nice or nobody's going to want to work for you or eat with you or anything. that's, I love that about the industry here.
2: Yeah. It's great. It's very, it's a nice uh, change of pace, you know, from what we've seen in the past, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just happy to be a part of that. You know, I want to continue to do that for other businesses that come here and, and try to do the same thing. You know, it's like cool. Now we get to be the big brother and like help help people as well. I mean, we've we've been so lucky. It's it's been insane. but
5: so. like, to be or something? <laughs>
1: it's, it really, it honestly sounds like kindred. All of these things kind of coming together. The way that you all met the pandemic just kind of nashville should we leave the industry and go do something else no let's do it here the the wash is opening it's the perfect thing for our style of concept you get here and just i'm a big fan of our community our nashville hospitality community because it is that i think that i've said this a million times on the show is that we as nashville hospitality people have to lead by example whoever comes into town we got to put our arms around them and welcome them because that's what we do here that that's the city of Nashville and if you could have you know March 2020 was a was a crazy time for us in this city and you know you'll see it right now with what's happened in Waverly with this tornado with the with the flooding but we had massive floods here in 2010 and then in 2020 with the hurt with the tornado the city just rallies I mean everybody's your brother and it's just it's amazing how special the city is but the culinary scene inside of the city is, is some one of the most special communities that I've ever been a part of I mean it's just amazing and um for all I can tell you guys are like just right there with us you guys are the nicest people I'm so excited for you to be here wish you nothing but success
5: thank you, thank you so you. much yeah so, we're super excited it's we moved in January um to Nashville and we're just like ready to go yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, we're We we can't wait to feed people. And yeah, that, I mean, the culinary culture here in the restaurant industry, like you said, is, it's really something special and it's something to be proud of as, as people that have cooked all over the country. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare yeah. and, and it's something that, uh, you know, we hope to, to do you guys proud and, and carry on that legacy and be a part of it. You know, that essential like kindness, um, that y'all have going on here is definitely, A foundation of of Tootsie Lou's Tacos and what we're trying to do is be kind to each other Mm -hmm. as husband and wife, as business partners, Um, be kind to ourselves so that we can have the bandwidth to cook good food and deliver great service Um, and then be kind to our neighbors and our farmers and the rest of the community. And I I genuinely believe and and we believe as a company that when you do that and you put kind of basic human kindness first, uh, your end product's going to be better. You know, uh, it's just going to speak for itself.
5: Yeah. Totally. I completely agree.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, uh,
1: one of the things I like to do, um, we kind of get towards the end of the interview. And I, I'm excited because we have a new, our show is coming back. It's called the Music City Roundup. And one of our segments is going to be called Pop. And we to be talking about pop-up restaurants. And uh, hopefully until you guys get this place open. There's going to be a lot more pop-ups because I want to come try your because I haven't had it yet. And I want to get out there. You'll probably see me on uh Sunday. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I want to take my kids out to see the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes.
5: <laughs> if anything, it's a photo op. Yeah. If anything,
1: for sure. <laughs> so one of the things we always like to ask our guests to do, and you can do this all together one at a time, however you want to do it, but I like to open the floor and you guys get to take us out. So Jerry's final thought style Whatever you want to say to the city of Nashville, to your mom and dad, whoever you are talking to, you guys have the floor. Whatever you want to say, as long as you want to say it, go.
5: Take it away, Drew. I
1: I mean,
2: like I said, I just want to honestly thank Nashville for being so welcoming. I mean, we have so many people that, like I said, don't even know us, that are helping us so much. They don't even know how much they're helping us, you know. Um, Sarah from otaku has been more than gracious to us you know she she had us jeremy and i working on some dishes for her in the beginning we were kind of consulting i, I feel like it was like oh you just moved here you guys have ramen experience like let me let me help you out you can help me out we'll, we'll kind of work together and then now we're currently doing all of our prep out of her um, commissary kitchen um so you know like i said stuff like that that just continued to blow my mind about how nice and welcoming everyone was here, I think is my biggest takeaway from Nashville so far. Um, and the Butcher and Bee people too. I mean, that they, they do great food over there. They're a bumping restaurant. Um, they, they have fun. Um, and so it's it was great to, to be involved in that community as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel super lucky to have stumbled. I mean, we didn't know this moving here. We, we just kind of knew that Nashville was similar to Austin and kind of had some of the same lifestyle and culture things that we we were into. We had no idea that people were going to be so cool. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that for me is what I want to end with is just I, I, I love uh, how welcoming Nashville has been. So, yeah, Megan.
5: I mean, if you don't have anything, I'm going to just say if you guys want to try our food because uh, we can talk about it all day long. But if you want to try our food, come to one of our pop ups, um, follow us on Instagram at Tootsie and we post about it. Um, we post our menu with the flyer. Every pop up we have, we try to do at least one pop up a week um, just with our schedules right now. Um, but Yeah. Check us out.
3: Yeah, we we feel gracious. We feel so grateful to be here and we're just excited to feed people. So, yeah, come out to the pop-ups, come to the wash when it opens. Uh we just want to we just want to feed people. Yeah. All we want to do.
5: <laughs> oh, you're muted, Brandon.
1: We are honored that you guys decided to. Uh, I'm glad it's so nice to meet you, Jeremy, in person. I love that. You're like, Are you National Restaurant Radio? I was like, Yes, what's
0: up, man? <laughs> it's
1: so nice to meet you guys. I couldn't be more excited for all of your success. I know you're going to do wonderful here in town. Guys, go follow Tootsie Lose Tacos on Instagram at Tootsie Lose Tacos, right?
5: Uh, it's just at Tootsie Lose.
1: At Tootsie Lou's. Um, and go see him this Sunday, uh, September the 5th at the Porter.
5: At shops at Porter
1: shops East. Shops at Porter East. Yes. Do you have another pop up planned after that? We can talk about.
5: Yeah. So the next one is uh, we we're going to be off the next week uh, for a private event, but the next one will be September 18th at Harding House Brewery, and then September 21st at um, Bearded Iris in Germantown.
3: Nice. nice. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, guys, I wish you nothing but the best of success, and we will talk to you soon.
5: Yeah, lovely thanks, talking thanks to you for y'all. Us. Thanks,
1: thanks for having well. us. All right. Thanks for listening today. Please go check out our friends over at Tootsie Lou's. Uh, they're at the shops at Porter East on Sunday. Hope that you have a happy Labor Day. Brandon's book club episode is going to be coming out where we talk about Anthony Bourdain. We're trying to figure out a makeup date for Talk and & Shift. And next week, the Music City Roundup. So if you know any PR teams anybody that has information that they want to share with us about anything cool happening in town, please send an email to Brandon at com or to Jen, J-E-N, at com. We hope that you guys are being safe out there. Wear a mask and go get vaccinated. I love you guys. Bye.